The views, opinions, and comments expressed by hosts, guests, and callers of this show are not necessarily those of this station, its parent company, Telesouth Media, its staff, management, or advertisers. Content of this broadcast cannot be duplicated or used in any way without the express written consent of Telesouth Media Incorporated. Now, join us for Advisors Roundtable with your hosts, certified financial planners, Greg Cooley and Bubba Labus. It's professional advice for your life. Welcome to the Advisors Roundtable. This is certified financial planner, Greg Cooley, along with my co-host, certified financial planner, Bubba Labus, here on Super Talk Radio again. So, Bubba, do you think that the average person, forget about their financial goals or their physical goals or spiritual goals, whatever, do you think the average person is unreasonable as to what they expect out of life? Hmm. I'm going to say yeah. I think the average person is unreasonable. Yeah. I mean, we talk to people all the time about uh, going into retirement. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, an hour later, (laughs) they come out of the office like a deer in the headlights, right? right? Because they come in, they think, you know, I'm going to quit work, and I'm going to sleep late every day. Everything's going to be perfect. Right. I'm going to go fishing eight days a week. Yeah. And then, you know, you start talking to them about health care. Mm-hmm. You're talking about the amount of income they presently have. Optimal strategies for uh, taking Social Security. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What are they going to do about kids? Mm-hmm. What's their attitude about a legacy? A lot of questions that would probably. In, in some case, more and more now, you know, you've got some folks that are uh, at retirement or nearing retirement. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about. Uh, two different conversations. Mm-hmm. One, how they're going to take care of their parents. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, because when you get to be sixty or seventy, that doesn't necessarily yeah. mean that you know grandma has passed. That's right. Okay. And then, and then number two, how they're going to kick Junior out of the house. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and you and I, while mm-hmm. we're in this conversation with them, we basically make them come to reality. Right. Make them address some mm-hmm. things that they've really been avoiding. And so once we start to delve into it, we realize that what they have expected and the, this mental picture they have out of this next mm-hmm. phase of life is a little unrealistic. So I, I overgeneralized a minute ago, and I said mm-hmm. that most people are unrealistic uh, or have unrealistic expectations mm-hmm. of retirement. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to walk that statement back. Uh, because I think most people that come to see us mm-hmm. have a, a decent picture or a decent real, uh, realization of what their retirement's going to look like. Mm-hmm. I think folks that don't use an advisor have mm-hmm. an unrealistic expectation of what retirement would be. Well, what about younger people, like uh, a 20-something getting their first job? You think they have an unre- unreal- unrealistic expectation that this first job is going to be perfect. It's going to be hunky-dory. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have lots of income and get right. perfect benefits, mm-hmm. and I'm going to understand all yeah. that, and I'm going to like everybody I work with. And I can go in and, and boss everybody around. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, day yeah. two. Uh-huh. I know what I'm doing now. Yeah. And then when they get in their 30s mm-hmm. and they start, you know, they get married and they start having kids, well, their kids are going to be perfect. Right. And, and they're going to be the greatest athletes and, and yeah. awesome scholars. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, uh-huh. 
Yeah, and, and then they get into their 40s, and they're still going to be able mm-hmm. to jump and dunk a basketball, and they're right. still going to be able to run a six-minute mm-hmm. mile, and, and they're still going to be able to do 100 push-ups. Uh-huh. And when they get – am I throwing oh, a yeah. picture at yeah. you here of mm-hmm. how unrealistic we are sometimes? Right. I think one of the unrealistic expectations that sometimes we have is that we can get to some euphoria. We can get to some stage of life where we're going to have it under control, and it's going to stay that way. And then – a year like 2020 hits you in the mm-hmm. freaking face. Right. Would you say that this year has been an entire year of disruption? I, I mean, I you look at the stock market. You I look can't at the think laws. Of any other year that has had as much disruption as 2020. I'm talking about every phase yeah. of life. Mm-hmm. You can't go to the sports page. Yeah. If you can find a sports page, you can't go to the sports page these days without looking at disruption and disagreement. Mm -hmm. You can't go to the society page. You can't go to the front page without some kind of disruption just Mm -hmm. jumping out at you. So would you? And, and we're not even halfway through the year yet. No, we're just a, just a little over halfway, right? Yeah, a couple days yeah. ago. Yeah. Well, yesterday. Yeah. Today we're we're well, about actually we've half, got to go through June. We got to get through the through June. Yeah. So we're so, not halfway through. So the here's year yet. Uh, yesterday. No, just a day or two more before summer. Right. Mm-hmm. We're technically not in summer. Right. And I sweat on the walk mm-hmm. on the walk over here. Sure. Because <laughs> the humidity's starting mm-hmm. to hit us a little bit in the sun and all, all those beautiful things about summer that we love about the South. However, we've still got a presidential election coming up this year. Buddy, <laughs> you know, and we don't even know when we're going to have our kids back in school. Right. So this is a year of disruption. I really think that if I were talking to a group, uh, I was talking to a group of um uh, let's say adults, had a thousand adults, various ages in a room, one of the first things I'd say to them is, how well are you with change? How well do you handle change? How well do you anticipate change? Is there a possibility you can learn to like change? Back in 1998, there was a book that came out bestseller. Some people still use it. A lot of college professors still use it uh, in some of their management classes. The name of the book was Who Moved My Cheese? All right. If you haven't read Who Moved My Cheese, you can do it in a quick, in a weekend. Uh, It's it's basically this parable uh, telling about change. And there are these four characters in there. I remember two of them, one of them's him and the other one's Haw. So those of us in the South know what a him and a ha are, yeah. right? And a couple other characters in there. And it, it's all about handling change. It's all about, you know, what happens in my world. It's all about how I react to what happens in my world. It's all about disruption. And, you know, one of the consistent characteristics I see in leaders and in successful people is they almost seek disruption. Hmm? Mm-hmm. You look at the greatest ball coaches out there. They're going to be looking every year for a new way to run the offense or a different way to run this particular scheme. 
They're going to be, okay, you know, I'm a football coach, and most of the time we run the ball, but I realize I see what's happening with d- defenses, so I really need to concentrate on tight ends and, and, and getting the ball to my wide receivers a little bit more here. And they're always doing that. You ever walked into a football coach's office? He's going to have a chalkboard over there with a bunch of different things, and he's going to be slashing this, and he's going to be trying to do this with the guard. He's looking for a new mm-hmm. angle. Right. Huh? You walk into a really good manager's office. Mm-hmm. You walk into one of the CEO's offices of an S&P 500 company. He's not necessarily resting on his laurels no. from last year where he got a bonus every quarter mm-hmm. based on stock performance. Right. He or she are going to be looking for new ways of doing it. And new ways of doing it means change. And change means disruption. So today, we're going to talk about disruption and how comfortable am I with disruption here on the Advisors Roundtable on Super Talk Radio. Welcome back to the Advisors Roundtable, Certified Financial Planners Bubba Labus, and yours truly, Greg Cooley, with you here on Super Talk Radio. So, Bubba, we're uh, talking a little bit about change and disruption. Uh, I'm going to show people my age here. Um, you remember Bob Newhart? Yeah. And you can Google this, or mm-hmm. actually YouTube it would be a better choice. Uh, you can go to Bob Newhart, if you're on YouTube, go Bob Newhart, stop it. Right. I love it. Yeah, huh? I've, I've seen it. And you I've, know what I've, I'm talking about? I've shown it to folks. Huh? Yeah. All right, mm-hmm. so uh, what's the premise of this stop mm-hmm. it skit that Bob Newhart did? What was I'm going on? I'm afraid of being buried alive in a box. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So, so Bob Newhart is a, uh, a psychiatrist, and, uh-huh. and he basically tells his patient, look, you know, you only need one session with me. Mm-hmm. It's going to cost $5, $5 and $5 only, right. and, uh, or $5 an hour. Mm-hmm. I don't think it'll take much over an hour. Mm-hmm. It never does. Right. And I need payment up front. Right. And then, uh, you know, this lady or whatever the ailment is uh, comes in and says, you know, I've got this uh, worry that I'm going to be buried alive in a box. Right. Bob Newhart just yells at her and says, stop it. Stop doing that. Don't do that anymore. (laughs) Finally, he has to say, well, stop it or I'll bury you alive in a box. (laughs) Right. So basically what he's saying is whatever you're doing, don't do it anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, they tell you that one of the first steps you're supposed to uh adhere to um if you're in a hole is to stop digging Mm -hmm. and and basically that's what his point was that a lot of times we get ourselves into situations where if we just stop doing it whatever it is or living life like we're living life or making decisions like we're making decisions maybe it'll get better Mm -hmm. at least it won't get worse and so today, there, there's one thing that I think a lot of Americans fall into, and I'm going to, I'm going to do the Bob Newhart thing. I'm going to say, stop yeah. it. And that is, if you have this perception that there's going to be a rosy existence where there's no change, stop it. Mm-hmm. Because you may have one or two days here and there where you don't have anything that changes. You may have one or two days here and there where, you know, things just kind of say copacetic, uh, you, you, you know, you, you may have that. Yeah. But generally, it ain't going to happen. You know, just stop thinking of life that way. Embrace the opportunity 
of the change. And I really hate to say this to most people because it's going to sound weird, but enjoy disruption. I, I was looking over the break here because um, I wanted to get some of these numbers right. Mm-hmm. But I was thinking back 20 years ago, right? So we're in this period right now where we've had this disruption. Right? Lots of. Lots of disruption. Yeah. But look back 20 years ago and think about what was going on. Okay, 20 right? years ago was year 2000. 2000. Okay. We had this little thing called a, a dot-com bubble and bust. Oh, yeah. We had yeah. Japan go into a recession. We had uh, the United States go into a recession because of this, uh, this bust. Alan Y2K. Y2K, where we thought that all the computers in the, in the country yeah. were going to shut down. Yeah, yeah. I, I was made to carry bottles of water and flashlights in my trunk. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So we've had some times <clears throat> where we've had disruption before. We came through it. Right. And quite actually, we developed some things. Mm-hmm. We developed some companies and some technology and some responses that made life better coming out of the disruption. Right? Right. And I really see that happening now. Actually, CNBC agrees with me because today it's they about came out. time. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, they, uh, they came out uh, with a list today called Disruptor 50. Okay. They've got a list of 50 companies that have caused disruption this year. I, I saw the headline, but I didn't read the article yet. So this ought to be good. Maybe yeah. this, this will be my cliff notes. And All I right. So basically, it. yeah, uh, like the, we did the cliff notes for who mm-hmm. moved my cheese just right. a, minute, a minute ago. So basically, uh, CNBC identifies these private companies. Mm-hmm. Um, who have these breakthroughs that may influence society or business and also probably in, influence some market competition. Mm-hmm. So let, let's stop back those three things I said that uh, these disruptors influence. They, uh, uh, they influence society, they influence business, and they influence competition. Would you say that if Phil, our executive producer sitting over there, if Phil came up with an idea that would change society, change business, and change competition that we'd say, yay, Phil. I would hope so. Huh? Especially if it's for the better. Right. If we could come out of some kind of disruption Mm -hmm. and he could change society, and boy, have you watched the news lately. Mm -hmm. Maybe society needs a little change. That's right. Huh? Yeah. Okay. Uh, number two, if he could change business some way for the better, mm-hmm. and if he could change competition. Have you ever been in a, in a, a neighborhood or in a, a part of the world um, where there's really maybe one or two industries that seem to be running their business with no competition? Yeah. Hmm? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to pick the radio business. When I was a uh, just a newbie in the radio world back in my teens over in Alabama, mm-hmm. um, you know there was one radio station in the whole county. Okay, you think he could charge just about any kind of ad rate he wanted to? Yeah. You think he could get to your ad and cut you a new ad whenever he wanted to? Do you think uh, if he wanted to, he'd do local sports? But if he didn't want to. It just he'd miss it this year because mm-hmm. he didn't have really any competition. Right, 
And so what happened to in that county? Well, they didn't have a good experience. Mm-hmm. They didn't get good radio. They didn't get everything they, were, they should get. I mean, you know, uh, if you got the weather three times a day, you were lucky. Mm-hmm. If he wanted to go in the studio and sit down and turn the thing on and hit record for 30 seconds and say, today it's going to be cloudy, you were lucky. Mm-hmm. If he didn't want to, he didn't do it because he really had no competitive reason. Ooh, but there in about 1978 or 79, somebody had the audacity to open another radio station in the, the county. The nerve of somebody the else. The nerve. Yeah. Oh, and the guy who owned that one radio station said every negative thing he could about this yeah. new people, these mm-hmm. new people. And he tried to talk it down and he tried to discourage people. But you know what? He just didn't want any competition. Mm-hmm. If you could do something to influence competition you probably bring prices down you'd probably bring goods and services and offerings up i mean it's a basic tenet of economics and of society so i'd say if you're a disruptor and 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 i would say in that case it did two things uh right it made uh it made the competitiveness of both radio stations and mm-hmm. the quality of the product that they were doing better because they had to, it right? It did. It did. If you wanted to advertise or do whatever on the new radio station, mm-hmm. then there had to be a reason to do so. Mm-hmm. Um, and whether it was content or whatever radio mm-hmm. uh, music they were playing, right. one guy was probably doing country, the other guy rock and roll. Right. Who knows, right? Right, right. Um, but th- then on top of that, it, it gave an, a better product to the consumer. Yeah. So with competitiveness, you know, you've got a couple of different things that occur. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And if you don't compete and change and and adapt, Mm -hmm. then, you know, the other, the the older business could have gone out of business. And and I don't know if they did or not. He he didn't because he basically, his wife basically came in and said, you know, I like my lifestyle Mm -hmm. and I like the money you're bringing Mm -hmm. home and we're going to have to go to work. Right. Now, for the last 10 or 15 years, we haven't had to work very hard. Right. We come in, work a couple hours a day, you know, do a little news, mm-hmm. do a little sports, and go in and change a couple records. He he was, I, I'll show you how, I won't say lazy, mm-hmm. but I will say uh, he was uninspired. Right. <laughs> Trying to be politically mm-hmm. correct here. But uh, he'd go in and put on an album and leave the whole thing on. Mm-hmm. Just walk out. I mean, he didn't, you know, play a little Conway Twitty, and yeah. then you get a little Willie Nelson, whatever. If he wanted to, you know, go read the paper for 30 minutes, mm-hmm. he'd put on, a, you know, an extended play Pink Floyd mo- uh, right. thing, and, you know, that's what yeah. you got. Now, those who are Pink Floyd fans loved it. Sure. But, you know, my goodness, uh, he, he just was uninspired. Yeah. I'll tell you when that new radio station came to town. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He had to hire one or two new people. He had to have active DJ personalities. He had to give you the news and the weather more often. He had to be more competitive with his ad uh, uh, prices Mm -hmm. and the way he did ads and and the packages he put together for businesses. It was completely different. Right. I'm telling you, there are some disruptors, some people in this particular year, in Mm -hmm. 2020, who have done that in Americana, and we're going to talk a bit, a little bit about that here on the rest of the Advisors Roundtable on Super Talk Radio. Welcome back to the Advisors Roundtable. 
on Super Talk Radio, and uh, we're here, Bubba Levis and I, two certified financial planners, talking about disruptors and how to get comfortable with change and how we can probably be inspired to do that by watching the change that occurs around us. And namely, we're going to talk about the CNBC list of 50 disruptors uh, that uh, was released within the last 24 hours and how that these businesses um, have um, absolutely uh, taken on change as their mission. Um, and a, n- a number of the things that I see, Bubba, when I look through this list of these disruptors, these companies, uh, number one, most of them are smaller mid-cap companies. Mm-hmm. You didn't hear of them before the last year or two. Yep. Okay. Uh, number two, a lot of them are in the finance world. Mm-hmm. Banking, brokering, um, uh, payment processing, that sort of yep. thing. Which would lead me to believe, now, why did some young startup in a garage somewhere come up with this payment method? Why didn't some big bank come up with it? Are we resting on our laurels and not looking around us for opportunity? Absolutely. Um, and, and I would say that, uh, you know, in, in the banking industry, right? Right. Um, I don't want to say that it's antiquated because they change with the times as, as it's needed. Mm-hmm. But they're not, they're not big innovators, uh-huh. right? So whoever this was that started this business in a garage yeah. saw a need or a niche, right? Right. Because they, they're they nimble and they can get around and move within parameters mm-hmm. and, and say, hey, you know what? This makes sense and this would be a whole lot easier to do if you did it this way. Right. Right. Whereas you've got a bank with institutions and systems in place that are already set, et cetera, et cetera, and, and they're uh, less willing to adapt or to change. Yeah. Especially if they've got something that's already working for them. So let's say that, you know, you're a techno geek. You're mm-hmm. sitting here looking for an opportunity to write some code. Yep. All right. And uh, you look at uh, payments. And, yep. and we're going to take the old-fashioned checks. Mm-hmm. When I'd write a check to Phil and Phil would write a check to Walmart and, you know, that sort of thing. Then Walmart would present the check to their bank. Then yeah. their bank would present it to... Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And so... But... By and large, now I know we have certain divisions of the DA's offices where they deal with bad mm-hmm. checks. Right. But by and large, you know, you're just taking 80, 90, 95% of the checks that were processed mm-hmm. were good. Right. So on one hand, you had a payor. On the other hand, you had uh, a, a receiver. Mm-hmm. And, and so that mechanism, the, the financial part was there. Mm-hmm. The backbone of it was there. You had to, however, using technology and smartphones and iPads and computers and things like that, you had to figure a way to write the code so one would talk to the other and figure out a way to swipe the the transaction right. and a way to sell it to me if I'm not a techno dude, mm-hmm. so I'd rather do it that way as opposed to write the old-fashioned check. Right Now, is that... Kind of exp- explaining what's happened over the last 10 years? Oh, yeah. Because a long time ago, guys like me who really, I didn't care to learn a lot of this new technology, I was doing it the old-fashioned way. Mm-hmm. I'd either go and get me some cash right. and hand you cash that way, right. or I'd write a check. Mm-hmm. And you had to trust that it was good. Do you know a thing called PayPal? Yeah. 
Huh? A thing called Square. Mm-hmm. Um, we, a thing that I really like called Venmo. Venmo? Mm-hmm. I mean, we got five or six different ways now we can do it differently. Yeah. So the way we do it now is, you know, you and I go to dinner. And we were going to split the pry, or split the tab, but yeah. I conveniently forgot my credit card. Yeah. Huh? But Amazing I promise. Amazing how you always do that. I'm too. pretty yep. good at it. You know, yep. it just could, wouldn't fit in yep. these pants, Bubba. That then I come card. back Monday morning and say, "Now, Greg, you owe me forty-seven fifty. Uh huh. But you didn't have to do it on Monday morning. No. You mm-hmm. could do it on Friday night yep. or Saturday night mm-hmm. while we're sitting at the dinner table. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. You could say, "Hey, Greg, the price of this whole thing to take." Your wife out and my mm-hmm. wife out, and for all four of us to eat and 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 appetizers and desserts yeah. and everything was a hundred and twenty six dollars. Right. And the way I look at the bill here, you mm-hmm. owe me about seventy of it. Right. You ate a little more than I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. So how do we do it? What's your Venmo? Are yeah. you on Venmo? Give me your Venmo account, and I'll request some money from you. Yeah. And then uh, you get the request. You hit pay. And then all of a sudden, I've got some money from you in my Venmo account. Just like that. Mm-hmm. And within a minute or two, you didn't have to wait until Monday morning to come to buy, buy my office and remind me to give you $70. Yeah. So, do you see that that's innovative? Absolutely, it's innovative. Do you see that that's convenient? It's easy. It's convenient. Yeah. So why didn't somebody in the traditional mm-hmm. banking service think of this? Why did it take some right. dude sitting in a garage mm-hmm. to come up with it? Because the old way was working. Right. And the old way, you know, would Well, and look at, at banking in general. You know, you, you transition from a uh, long time ago where you used cash for everything. Mm-hmm. Then you began using checks. Mm-hmm. And then it transitioned to where people were using debit cards for most transactions. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. This is just the next progression and next logical step. Are you not? I wonder what's going to be next. You know, are we going to have a microchip in our hand? And, yeah, you, know, you and I shake hands yeah. and boom. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. I don't know. But, right. you know, it's kind of cool to think about. Right. And I, I guess if I was one of those techno guys sitting in a garage somewhere, mm-hmm. I'd probably be playing with this whole thing and looking at the backbone of it and say, what part of this process can we make faster and easier and more convenient and less expensive yeah. and all of that? Because, you know, the, the, the old... What about transferring money from, uh, from you to a college student? Oh, I do it You're all You're a college time. student, right? Yeah. Um, it, I mean, it, it just makes it easier. Oh, it does. Yeah, I do it all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, my, my, my daughters will say, you know, I, I need mm-hmm. some money. Now, this is the cool, coolie uh, thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, mom and daddy work hard for this money. Right. I didn't have no sugar daddy to leave me anything. Yeah. And so uh, what I have, I worked hard for. So you're going to show me some respect. Mm-hmm. I'm going to hear your voice when you ask right. for money. Right. I'm not just getting a text. Yeah. yeah. Uh-uh. <laughs> I, mm-hmm. I'm going to give it to you. You asking yeah. for two or three hundred dollars, mm-hmm. you know, uh, no, not in a text. Yeah. You're going to at least call and give me a 20 yeah. second conversation. Keeps that line of communication open. Oh, uh, right. Yeah, so you know, that's me probably a little overly controlling, but whatever. I, you know, I'm in, insisting on a little respect here. Mm-hmm. However, the technology is there. 
I mean, she could text right. and say, Dad, I requested $200 on, mm-hmm. on your Venmo. Mm-hmm. Couldn't she? Sure. And five seconds, I could go to my Venmo app and a couple you know, touches of my thumb, and it's mm-hmm. done. Um, all of that is there. So let's talk about some of these disruptors yeah. that, that we've seen in, in 2020. Number one is, um, I want to go over some statistics. We like okay. statistics here, all right? So uh, a lot of this is tech-related. Well, we all like right? 84% of the statistics out there. <laughs> that we create on the fly, yeah. right? Uh, a majority of these 50 disruptors that are in this mm-hmm. list, and I'd encourage people, go online or download the CNBC app and, and, and look at this thing. Um, some of them are already billion-dollar businesses. Mm-hmm. They're just not publicly traded, and we didn't know it. Right. Wouldn't it be cool to live next door to some tech guy that he's a billionaire mm-hmm. and he's never said anything? Right. And then you find out, and you look up, and you see his, his face on CNBC or Fox News yeah. or CNN or something. You're like, that's my neighbor. Mm-hmm. And he's talking about what he invented you know, in his basement. Right. You're like, dude, you know, at least mow your grass more often. <laughs> Get a better lawn right. service. So uh, some of these are billion-dollar businesses already. 36 of the disruptors that out of this list of 50 this year are unicorns. Okay. What? Can you explain to me what they're talking about in modern business and uh, modern economics and, and, you know, modern uh, slang when they, they say unicorn? Well, usually somebody thinks of a unicorn as something that's mythical and doesn't exist. Yeah. Right? But in this case, it's something that's unique mm-hmm. and pretty cool. Right. All right? So basically, think of that. Uh, that it, it's something that's unique, pretty cool, doesn't happen that often. Something that's new. You've never seen a unicorn until you've seen your first one, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and but so you've seen one. You've seen them all. Well, we yeah. think we do. Yeah. Uh, so they've already reached or passed a billion dollars in valuation. Uh, many of them. Mm-hmm. 36 of them. Uh, maybe more importantly, 37 of them have begun to hire employees during or during Mm -hmm. the pandemic. Right. How many people you know hiring employees during the pandemic? If you really stop and think, Mm -hmm. there may be more than you think. Sure. You know, you turn on the news every day and you hear about the unemployment rate, don't we? Mm Mm-hmm. And the unemployment rate has spiked. Right. And it has gone up. And uh, the government has responded with uh, extending and increasing temporarily unemployment benefits mm-hmm. for a number of people. And it, you know, it has been in the teens, right. 12, 14, 17%, that sort of thing. But there are some businesses who are hiring. You know any businesses who are hiring? Uh, any of your business clients that you know say, Bubba, you know, I, I could be hiring today. I know a, a number of business clients is that could hire today. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, really? Yeah. Uh, I, I think you, you could have some kind of job, mm-hmm. especially if, you know, you can pass a truck. Test. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and have a valid driver's license. And have a, a valid driver's yeah. license. So uh, we've set the stage for talking about disruptors through mm-hmm. three quarters of this show. We're going to take a break here at the Advisors Roundtable. When we come back, we're going to really get in depth during the next segment of the show about disruptors and who they are here on the Advisors Roundtable on Super Talk Radio. 
Advisors Roundtable on Super Talk Radio, Certified Financial Planners, Bubba Labus, and yours truly, Greg Cooley. And uh, today we're talking about disruptors and this list that came out from CNBC, uh, 50 disruptors. Bubba, I go down this list. Um, some of these on this list, I recognize the name. Mm-hmm. Uh, SoFi, you ever heard of yeah. SoFi? Um, uh, Chime, uh, Cabbage, a good RX. You seen those commercials? Yeah. Um, grab uh, a lot of these have already begun to Airbnb. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of them have already begun to advertise online and on television. Right. Um, and I think they, when you start advertising somewhere, not only are you trying to attract mm-hmm. new customers, the effect of that is probably putting your competition on notice. Right. I'm here. Mm-hmm. Huh? Um, you have made this comment before that a few years ago, there was an established business that had the opportunity to buy Amazon. Right. Is that right? I think so, yeah. Why didn't they do it? Why didn't they realize what was there? Mm-hmm. Why didn't they realize the potential that you know could be there? Right. Or maybe, is, you think some of it's haughtiness? Well, it, you know, it, it probably didn't mesh well with what their existing business was. Ah. You know? So everything's about how I'm doing it today. Is that what we're saying, Bill? That's, that's what they were thinking, yeah. And, and didn't realize the effect that, uh, that doing business in a different way would have, right? Okay. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'm sure it's probably on there, but I, I'm, I'm just thinking about the way business is conducted Mm-hmm. Uh, now, after mm-hmm. you know, post-pandemic or you know, mid-pandemic, mm-hmm. uh, how many of those companies on there are uh, business facilitators? And oh, what I mean by that yeah, yeah. would be uh, a company like a Zoom or mm-hmm. a GoToMeeting mm-hmm. or you know, mm-hmm. Citrix or anything like that, where yep. you can do online. Conf- I mean, Microsoft even does that now. Yep, you can do that on Google Hangouts. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And how will that change um, the the face-to-face interaction that typically occurs in most business settings and meetings Yeah. going forward? Yeah, uh, absolutely. So, so already I can tell in our business, you know, we've, we've got a number of folks who we've, we've been using this technology for a couple of years now, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, uh, clients all over the nation, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And we can, uh, get on a video conference with them and, mm-hmm. and, and it's good to look at them and, and mm-hmm. see them, mm-hmm. uh, et cetera, et cetera. Or you, mm-hmm. you, you know, it used to be, it used to be a fe- telephone call. Yeah. Yeah. But now if you can look at somebody while you're talking to them, Oh, they love right? it. Right. And they love it. They do. Right. Yeah. Um, so I wonder, uh, going forward, what the need for office space may be. Yeah. Yeah. I, I saw the other yeah. day an interview by one of the largest real estate investment mm-hmm. trusts, office uh, real estate investment trust uh, CEOs. Um, and he was talking about, like, just pick a mm-hmm. big city, Chicago, New York, Miami. They own big office buildings in right. all of those mm-hmm. uh, cities and more. And they were sa- he was saying that, you know, one of the things we have seen in the past related to real estate and square footage of real mm-hmm. estate in large metropolitan areas is that, you know, um, apartments really small. 
very few apartments there, very few square uh, feet that are available because mm-hmm. so much was taken up by retail and by office space. Right. And he was saying that, you know what we're thinking? If we have an 80-story building somewhere, mm-hmm. we're probably going to realign that and put all the office space on the bottom 40 stories, right. move those people down, yeah. and take that top 40 stories and convert it to residential. To residential. Yeah. It's going to be necessary. And now you still need the business space, right? Sure, sure. Because there are operations processes. Mm-hmm. All, I mean, just like our, our business, yeah, right? I yeah. don't think that we'll ever get away from a point where we, we would not need a physical location or a building. Right, right, right. right. But in other businesses, I could see um, you know individuals who maybe are fulfilling a sales role mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. that's not essential or not critical mm-hmm. to the operations and the daily operations of the business, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, something that they can be out in the field and doing other things. Yeah. So why do they need office space? But especially why do they need office space in my building where I'm paying tens of thousands of dollars a year sure. per square foot? Right. Mm-hmm. Huh? So I can say, hey, Bubba, yeah. you know, uh, go and do what you do mm-hmm. and check in t- with me two or three times a day on video conference right. or, or via text or mm-hmm. email or whatever and make contacts, you know, and I'll help you here yeah. figure out a way to claim part of your apartment as your office. I don't know if it's on the list or not, but I, I, would, I would think that there are a couple of medical companies on there. Lots of them. Yeah. So how is that? How is how how are we going to change the face of medicine going forward? No, right. Well, I've talked about it before, and, and you know, I wonder when uh, we're all going to have a mirror in our bathroom, mm-hmm. and you wake up in the morning and it scans you and takes your temperature and looks at you and you know yep. looks at the pupils that, that you've yep. got and all that kind of stuff, and yep. and then says, hey, you know, you might be coming down with an ear infection. Mm-hmm. Well, how do you know that mirror mirror on the wall? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, and and it could probably do that through you looking at it. Maybe you getting close enough to breathe, right. and you putting your palm up on mm-hmm. it in a, in a certain place, right. and you do that for ten seconds, you know, and it'll kind of give you an probably it's coming. Mm-hmm. You're gonna have that. Also, you know, you're probably gonna be able to interact like that with a healthcare provider, right? You know, you touch your mirror, you get up in the morning, you don't feel very well, you touch your mirror, and it says, do you want to get in touch with your doctor mm-hmm. or your nurse practitioner? Yes. When do you want to contact them? Sometime today or immediately? Yeah. Boom. Immediately, in, I don't in, feel good now. <laughs> immediately, I yeah. want to feel better. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's probably going to be some kind of yeah. reaction or interaction where it says, you know, get close enough to breathe. Yeah. Stop and look in this thing, put your palm up on it, and probably within 15 minutes after you've taken your shower and brushed your teeth, you're going to get a ding on your mirror, Mm -hmm. and somebody's going to come back on there and say, we've looked at it, and yeah. They're going to say, yeah, Bobby, you've got a Rocephin and Decadron deficiency, and you need this (laughs) antibiotic. Yeah. And 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 I say, wonderful. Yeah. You know, and then probably have it automatically delivered to mm-hmm. whatever pharmacy that I want to use, mm-hmm. uh, the prescription at least, and then they're going to deliver it to my office. Yep. So yeah. you're exactly right. Number nine on the list mm-hmm. of the disruptors is a company called Netera, N-E-T-E-E-R-A Technologies, Contactless Health. Mm-hmm. Okay? And that's coming. 
uh, Zipline is um, uh, a, a medical company. And I'm just looking down uh, through this list of these uh, top 50. Mm -hmm. How many of them are either finance, right, financial uh, related or based, or health related? And, you know, we're talking about close to half of them. Right. Healthy.io, GoodRx, uh, Eat Just. Uh, <laughs> there are a number of them Is on there. Is there a standout on the list that you didn't expect? Yeah. Uh, there is, and you know, I, I expected healthcare, mm -hmm. and I expected finance. All right, uh, I really didn't expect travel. Okay, you know, um, I didn't expect that that there'd be that much of a different way of travel. Mm -hmm. But you know, with Airbnb and reservations and airlines and all that other stuff, a lot of that is is on there, and and I think that uh, you know, that, that's mm -hmm. pretty cool. So I would I would encourage you guys, you know, disruptor d i s r u p t o r fifty, uh, and look at them. Um, you can when when you pull up the list off the CNBC website. You know, it has the list. Mm -hmm. You can highlight each one of them. You know, touch Airbnb, right. and it'll take you to a one-page fact sheet about that company, mm -hmm. what they do. Now, if you're a business, I don't care if you're you know just a local plumber, or if you're a doctor, or what you do. If you're a business out there and you're listening to this, one piece of advice I'm going to give you is every day think of new ways, mm -hmm. new ways to do things new ways to think about things, new processes. Um, think about this because if you don't, a competitor is. And this list may be a good way to get those creative uh, creative ideas going. Yeah, absolutely. Get your juices you know, mm -hmm. flowing where you start thinking about, you know, is there a way I can do my computers different? Mm -hmm. Is there a way I can do my phone? Is there a way I can interact with my customers differently? Is there a way I can deliver this differently? You know, just... Be comfortable with change because dis disruption is inevitable. Hope we learned a little bit and had some fun together here on the Advisors Roundtable on Super Talk Radio. discussion and content expressed by the host of the Advisors Roundtable are intended to be received as news, educational, and entertainment or unit items and are not to be accepted by the listener as legal, investment, insurance, or tax advice. Opinions and views will be expressed by guests of the Advisors Roundtable and those opinions and views are those of the guests alone and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Advisors Roundtable host or any of its affiliated radio stations. All information provided is educational in nature and is not intended to be acted upon without first consulting 
consulting the appropriately licensed professional of your choosing. Before acting upon any information obtained during an advisor's roundtable broadcast, an individual should understand matters are extremely tax-specific and require advice tailored to individual facts and needs. Certified financial planners Greg Cooley and Andrew Labus are registered representatives of S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated. Securities offered through S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC. Advisory services offered through Ignite Planters, LLC. Ignite Planters, LLC is not affiliated with S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated. Mm-hmm.